Number one, thanks for coming tonight. As your reward, you will get pizza at 6.30. Wait, really? Yes, really. You don't have to eat it. Nobody is going to force pizza down your throat, okay? All right, as announcements go, uh, Wednesday, we talked about it in Sunday school with all four of you that showed up. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Thanks. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the shirts. That's not what the announcement is. Uh, you, don't, you don't get to know. Only time change Sunday, Sunday school participants can know about the shirts. All right. Um, what was the announcement? Oh, Wednesday night. Okay, so we're going to try something new on Wednesday nights where everybody feel free to... Okay, there are random people outside. All right, everybody feel free to uh, come on Wednesday night. We're going to have a laid back Wednesday. What did I call it? Destructured. Okay, you want to do homework? You can do homework. You want to talk about the reading for the last week? We can do that. If you want to just hang out and play games, you can do that as well. We're going to have snacks, hot chocolate... And we're going to just kind of chill on Wednesday nights from now to the end of the semester. Cool? Cool. Any questions? Yeah. Still not answering them. Okay, good. All right. Not answering them. Any questions? We've already passed that portion of the, the night. Okay. So tonight we're going to talk about the case for Christ this is the next to last one. Okay, so tonight we're going to try to answer three questions. Those answers are, one, did Jesus fake his own death? Interesting. Number two, was Jesus really missing from his tomb, or could he have been there the whole time? And number three, was Jesus really resurrected? Okay, did he really come back from the dead? So we're going to look at those three things. We're going to get started with a video. And then we're going to get into the part where I bore you instead of this video from the 80s. From the 80s? 90s. That was close. You're not top on the 80s. Okay. Oh, no. I think I turned the DVD player off. All right. So... Question number one. Y'all tell me, did Jesus fake his own death? Why do people why do people think that he did? One of the ways to disprove it. So here we're gonna we'll offer some candy out. So they they said Jesus faked dying on the cross. Why would they say that? What's up? Well, Okay, why else, Connor? Yeah, okay. Anybody else thinking about it? Yeah, they didn't want to admit that they were wrong. Okay, did you have something? 
Yeah, okay. That was a great throw. All right, so one of the reasons why Jesus, they said, okay, Jesus didn't really die. He faked his death. They would make that claim because people saw him alive a few days later. So they were like, okay, yeah, so we'll say Jesus, people did see him alive, but it's because he never really died. So we're going to look into that. Did Jesus fake his own death? Luke twenty-two forty-four says, very smallly, being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Okay? How many of you have ever been so stressed that you sweat blood, literally? Okay, yeah. How many of you have ever heard of this outside of this passage? Where have you heard of it before? Outside of the Bible, have you ever heard of this? Yeah. Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Okay. All right. So this is like an extremely rare, weird thing. And for a very long time, people looked at this in the Bible and they were like, this doesn't make sense because this is not a thing that happens. Okay. So it says, Jesus was sweating blood. This is a known medical condition called hematidrosis. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay, so what happens is it's associated with a high degree of physical stress caused by severe anxiety. Okay, we've all been really stressed, but none of us have ever been this stressed, I believe, that our sweat, literally, I think I have some notes in here. Uh, the, The release of chemicals break down the capillaries in the sweat glands. As a result, there's a small amount of bleeding into the sweat glands and it comes out red looking like blood so you sweat you're so stressed that like your blood vessels burst in your head and then your sweat comes out red with blood that's a high degree of stress here's the fun thing this wasn't discovered until after 1880 okay so this was in the bible for close to 2000 years when people are like this is a legend this doesn't happen until enough medical cases came out to actually come up with a name and say, this is a thing. Okay, that's amazing. Next, John 19.1 says, Pilate took Jesus and scourged him. So the beating that they were talking about, a lot of times when people would be beaten before they were crucified, people didn't even make it to the cross. They would bleed out because of the beating. So this whole idea that Jesus fainted or pretended to die on the cross is absurd because, first of all, a lot of people died before they even got there. Okay. Second of all, John 19, it says uh, Jesus was on the cross at this point, and when they came, that's the soldiers, they saw that he was already dead, so they didn't break his legs. But one of the soldiers took a spear and pierced his side with the spear, and at once there came out blood and water, just like... Okay, that's weird. That's a weird thing to say. Okay, so here's a quote. It says, even before he died, and this is important too, the, there's a lot of big words tonight, okay, hypovolemic shock would have caused a sustained rapid heart rate that would have contributed to heart failure, resulting in the collection of fluid in the membrane around the heart called a pericardial effusion, as well as around the lungs, which is called a pleural effusion. 
Sure, yeah. See? Thank you. I'm pronouncing all the words right. Okay. So that's why he said, when one of the soldiers pierced his side with the spear, this is actually what was happening. There was water around the lungs and around the heart that came gushing out. So John actually describes this in John. And here's what we know from this. First of all, that Jesus was, what in the world? Is this the same thing? Yeah, it is. So Jesus was definitely dead when this happened. Okay, cardiac arrest, then all of this stuff builds around the heart and the lungs. Okay, this is known as hypovolemic shock. Okay, so we know, based on John's description, he did. Okay, but not only that, John, when he saw this, would have no idea where this water came from. Okay, this is not something that you would make up because this is another extremely rare thing that happens. Okay, how many of you have ever seen water gush out of someone after they're dead? I really hope that it's nobody. Okay, yeah, thank you for not stabbing dead people. That's great. Okay, so uh, John would not have been able to make this up because, again, this was not discovered until after 1743. So we have two examples of medical conditions described in the Bible that people didn't even know were real until at least 1,700 years later. That's incredible because that means people just thought it was a legend until science caught up with what was in the Bible. Okay. So we know from that, if the beating didn't kill him, laying on the cross definitely did kill him. And then when he got pierced in his side, water came out, meaning he did. Okay? Next, was Jesus' body really missing from his tomb? What do y'all think? No. I mean, yeah. What? <laughs> so why is this a question? Because they're saying, listen, if Jesus is dead, maybe he's just dead. Maybe he didn't come back to life, Okay. So Matthew 22, 57 to 60 says, When it was evening, there came a rich man named, uh, from Arimathea named Joseph, who was also a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him, and Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen shroud, and laid it in his own tomb, meaning Joseph's tomb that he was going to be buried in, which he had cut in the rock, and he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. This is extremely important. Why? Who can guess why? Yeah. You know what? That's great. It's not my notes, but you're right. There was a prophecy that he would be put in somebody else's tomb. So why else? <laughs> you know what? You get you only get a good bar for that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So it's also important because now we have a record of where he was kept, right? Where was he kept? In Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. And so if you were like, well, maybe because people would say, oh, maybe the disciples got lost and they forgot which tomb they buried him in. Well, it is idiotic because now everyone in the world knows it was Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. And I don't think he forgot where it was. Okay. So everyone knew where he was buried. So if they were like, Jesus rose from the dead, and they were like, nuh-uh, he's still dead, they could have gone and fetched his body. 
they're not going to lose track of a dead person who claimed he would rise again and he was the king of the Jews. Okay, so it says, Pilate said to them, put a guard in front of the tomb and along with the guard, there's going to be a seal on the stone that's rolled in front of it. So, was it secure? It was guarded and sealed. So yes, it was secure. It's not like the disciples were like, nobody's looking, let's go steal a dead body. It was guarded and sealed. Yeah, with a big rock. But you know what they said in the video? What was the price that you paid if a prisoner escaped? Yeah, they killed you instead. Okay, so do you think maybe the Roman guard was bribed to let Jesus body be no okay i'm not that's a bad trade yeah so matthew 11 18 says oh yeah that was really small for me okay they were going some of the guards went into the city this is after his body was missing and they told the chief priests all that had taken place and then they assembled together and the council gave them a sufficient sum of money and told the soldiers tell the people the disciples came at night and stole him away while we were asleep. So why did they make up this claim that the disciples stole his body? They didn't want to believe it. And the body's gone, right? That's the thing. If Jesus' body was still in the tomb, they wouldn't have had to make up this thing that said, well, the disciples stole it. So nobody's disputing that he died. Nobody is disputing in these earliest sources that now he died and his body's gone. They're saying, oh, the disciples must have stole it. Okay, so they would have claimed the body was stolen if it was still in the tomb. Ob- obvi. Okay, so was Jesus' body really missing from his tomb? Everyone knew where it was, it was guarded and sealed. And they wouldn't have claimed that it was stolen if it was still there. Okay, so point number three, was Jesus really resurrected? Well, here's where we get to the good stuff, okay? So 1 Corinthians 15, 3 to 6. They mentioned this briefly in the video, but it was maybe confusing. So this passage of 1 Corinthians is an early letter from Paul, but he's actually quoting this from an early Christian creed. So this is like the earliest part of the New Testament that exists because this was an oral tradition that existed before he even wrote this letter. So this says, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. So this is important because this creed dates back to two to five years from the time that Jesus died. So this already existed. People were talking about it, and this was like a phrase that they used. And it's important because it says, hey, everything you need to know. Christ died. Nobody disputes that. He was buried. He rose again. And then he appeared to, and he starts naming people. And said, and 500 other people. He appeared to all these people. Why is that important? 
there are a lot of witnesses. And two to five years after the event occurred, are these witnesses dead? No. Yeah, some, but not all. So if I, tell, like, if I told you that somebody saw something incredible and you didn't believe it, I'd be like, look, you can go ask them. They're right over here. They'll tell you they saw it. So all these people are still around because it's only two to five years after it occurred. So if they made up this legend, people would be like, no. I'm going to go, you know, you said, oh, he appeared to Cephas. I'm going to go talk to that guy. I want to find out for myself. Okay. So that's huge. So this, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm never good with the bullet points, okay? He, it originated in 35 AD. That's very close. Witnesses were still around who could refute this claim. What else? Oh, yeah. So some people thought, well, maybe it was a mass hallucination. Maybe people were so emotional that they were like, it's Jesus, but it wasn't really Jesus, okay? So the, the problem with this theory is that hallucinations do occur, but hallucinations are individual events, right? People are usually on drugs or they're mass hysteria, and they're so emotional that they see things that aren't actually there. But there has never, ever been a recorded instance where more than one person hallucinated the same thing at the same time. So, do you think they were all just seeing Jesus? No, it doesn't make sense. Then there's the fact that Jesus appeared to, these are not in your notes, we have documented evidence in the Bible that he appeared to Mary Magdalene, other women, Cleopas, and another disciple on the road to Emmaus, 11 disciples, Ten apostles, Thomas, seven apostles, the disciples in Matthew, and he was with the apostles at the Mount of Olives before his ascension. So he appeared to all these people all these different times, and all of this is recorded so that you could just go ask. This is still within that time period. Also, we have the historical sources we talked about two weeks ago. They also confirm What's it? Josephus said, he appeared to them spending a third day restored to life. For the prophets of God have foretold these things and a thousand other marvels about him. So we even have historical references saying, yeah, he appeared to them. So, the last bit of evidence that I think is the most compelling here are that people who didn't believe Jesus did a complete 180. Okay, James, it says, oh, well, yeah, there was Josephus. But James, it says in John, I believe, yeah, John 7, 5, James doubted his brother. He didn't think that he was the Christ up to the point that when Jesus died. But here we have Josephus talking about how James died claiming that Jesus was the Christ. What happened between when he doubted the day Jesus died, and the day that James died, that made him willing to die for this. Yeah, like the Bible says, James encountered the resurrected Jesus. Okay, who else had that experience? Paul. Paul. Yeah, Paul doubted, 
At this point, he was called Saul, and Jesus appeared to Paul, and then Paul did a complete 180. So what, if you take out of, out of context everything and just think, what would cause someone who doubted something to be true three days later to be willing to die for it? What, like, people don't just change their mind, you know? Something happened. What do you think is the most plausible thing that happened that changed their mind? Yeah, they saw what they said they saw, which is amazing. So, yeah, that was the last point. What caused these skeptics? So, here's the summary, okay? Jesus died. We have medical evidence that show us that he did not survive the cross. And then we know that his tomb was empty, meaning he didn't stay dead and his body wasn't there. And that people saw him alive, walking around and talking and interacting with other people. So if these three things are true, he claimed to be God, he died, was buried, rose again. What are the implications on our life if these things are historically true? Exactly. And that's huge. That ripples, like he said, that implication ripples throughout the entire world. Okay? And it's not just fun little facts and then we believe it on faith. We do believe it on faith, but we also have a lot of evidence that if you're like a skeptic and you actually did the work and looked into it, it's clear that these things are based in historical provable facts. And that's huge. Christianity is not just something for weak people to rely on as an emotional crutch. It is true and it is powerful. Okay? So, we have some discussion questions that are going to help you guys think about the implications of this truth and applying it to your life. So you have like 30 minutes between now and pizza. Okay, so please stay in your rooms until, wow, this is very bad. It's because the clock's off. 6.40. At 6.40, y'all can go get pizza. Does that sound good? Should be in the fellowship hall. Can you stay in? What? Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Just don't go get pizza till 6.40. Okay, any other questions?